Hi, Adrian. Welcome. Hey, Tony. I'm so excited that you're part of our 100 Stories podcast project. So thanks for joining me. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your exclusive 100. I feel honored for the invite. Yes, yes. And we just recently connected when you were here in Detroit. Yeah, the their Plutus Voices from the Plutus Foundation. I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity. Like it was a great learning experience. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, Tasha and Dorothea have been featured here. They're my buddies. And then um, to learn about each of you, I think I had an opportunity to chat with everyone there. Cool. And then our sidebar, which led to today, we're going to talk a little bit about health and wealth. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. They go hand in hand. Excited to hear more about your health journey and do i notice that you market your services specifically to millennials as a millennial one of your taglines has to do with mindset yes money mindset yes and that goes hand in hand with what we're doing here is like hey at every stage and phase in life and business we have to get our minds together if our minds Mm -hmm. aren't ready (laughs) our minds aren't focused if we don't have resources and strategies we cannot move forward and so i'm looking forward to hearing about again your journey whichever i'm not sure but it's okay moment you decide to share some strategies and resources that you use to stay focused and even hello let's celebrate you as you're serving others i'd like to learn more about that yes so mindset actually is the key thing for my i'm not sure but it's okay moment So between the ages of 20 while I was in college through 23 and going on 24, I did not have any menstrual cycles, like none, which was looking back on it. I'm like, hey, that was actually kind of a beautiful thing because I didn't go through PMS. Mm -hmm. But looking back at it at the same time, that was a horrific thing. I didn't think much of it. I was just like, cool, I don't have a cycle. But not having a cycle means that there's so much going on with the woman's body, um, which was not healthy at all. So because of that, I ended up starting in some pelvic pain. I went to a doctor in Pensacola, Florida, which is where I was living at the time. And they actually sent me to a specialist in Mobile, Alabama, which is like 45 minutes away, not far. Mm -hmm. And it ended up coming out that I had, um, I had like stage three of some type of cyst that could lead to ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. Like I was like right there on the verge of having ovarian cancer at the age of 24. So my I'm not sure it's okay moment was being told like, one, you going to the specialist, didn't think too much of it. Um, but they're like, hey, you have a lot of cysts. And I, at, I had the ultrasound for many years. I finally got rid of it. because I was like, I don't need this in my life anymore, but I regret getting rid of that. But when you look at my ovaries, both of them, you barely could see like any type of like just fluid in there. All you saw were cysts in my ovaries. Like both ovaries were full of cysts. So because of that, um, it made me, that was my, I'm not sure, but it's okay moment that I initially had. And when I was first told this, they're like, you're going to have to go through some surgeries. We're probably gonna have to freeze your ovaries. They freeze my eggs. And then they actually went in and started trying to like pull out cysts, which was very painful. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that moment made me realize immediately, I really don't know if this is going to be okay. Like I might have ovarian cancer at the age of 24, but it's okay. We're going to figure this out. And so on my drive home, that was probably the longest 45 minute drive that I ever, 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 ever had. Uh, 
trying to figure out they they gave me some medication to actually start my cycle because they're like you need to actually have a cycle and then I remember the three phone calls I made the first phone call I made was to my mother um second phone call I made was to my dad and the third phone call I made was to my mentor um Miss Deborah she's like my spiritual guide mentor I'm trying not to get emotional but those calls were probably the hardest calls I ever made. My mom was like, hey, we're going to figure this out naturally. We're going to get this working out. My dad's like, hey, what do I need to do? How can I be there? He didn't really know what's going on. He's a guy. He doesn't really know. Uh, But my mom was, I called her first because she was, I just, that's who I could talk to about it. And then Sister Bora told me the one thing that's actually driven a lot of things I've done in life since then. And she said, where's your faith in God? And I was like, my faith is high. She said, no. You're saying your faith is high, but your mindset is not saying your faith is high. Mm. And I was like, you know what? You're right. She said, if your mindset was saying it's high, you wouldn't be crying right now. You would be praising God that it was found and that God already has the cure for you. Mm. And I said, okay. And since she's told me that, that has stuck with me into everything I do. The mindset has to be there. It was actually, when you said that, it's very ironic because I don't really tell a lot of people about that story with the words that she said, but I always remember those words. So fast forward. So the story isn't too long or too in depth. Um, it was a very trying time. I basically went, my mom was like, you need to go ve- vegan. I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. She still tries to put that down my throat. So she don't really put it down my throat, but she encourages me to like do less meat, which sometimes I do, but look, a good chicken wing. That's my favorite. I love a chicken wing. <laughs> But I ended up going vegetarian for about six months because of this. I cut out all dairy in my, um, like what I was eating. And I cut out all, I cut out all dairy and all sweets, which I was like very emotional at that time. Not a good emotional, but because of that, it ended up working out fast forward. I do get cycles. Sometimes they're not as regular. There have not been any cysts found on my ovaries since then even though my cycles aren't as regular, which obviously still is not the best thing around, um, but it's definitely gotten a lot better. And most importantly, there haven't been any cysts found on my ovaries. That's what I'm most thankful about. Thank God for that. You said a lot, and I'm so glad that you decided to share your story as a young person. We tend to attach age sometimes to some of our ailments or health challenges and that's just not so so for you to share with someone else and encourage them along their their journey um this is powerful thank you and i probably need to talk about it more it's just i don't know why i don't talk about it that much and i think i remember sister Boris words and literally because of those words I keep calling her sister boy we're not in church <laughs> but because she's of sister, her words she's sister Bora. yes yeah. because of her words I've taken that mindset thing into everything I do whenever there's a challenge I just think am I going I say like we can say when we go through a challenge like I'm going to defeat that challenge but what are our actions saying like do we really have that mindset And I learned, um, I didn't realize this was like scientifically true, Mm -hmm. but it said like when you're going through health issues scientifically, like if your brain, if you honestly in your brain think you'll beat this, then more than likely you have a higher chance of beating it just because you thought it. And it's almost like um, there's a Bible verse. I'm not really like the most 
religious person, I don't think. I do go to church, but I'm not the most religious person or spiritual. But it's a Bible verse that says, um, life and death live in the power of the tongue. And that is so, like, it's scientifically true as well. It's not just, so regardless of what your religious beliefs are, your spiritual beliefs, regardless if you believe in the Bible or not, the fact that life and death lies in the power of your tongue is so true. Like, when I was worried and concerned if I'm going to beat this, I'm like, I don't don't know if I'm going to do this, if I can do this. Like, what if cancer happens? What if I can't have children? Like, all these things came to mind, and it wasn't, I'm going to beat this. Like, those are the first thoughts I had. Like, what about me having children? I'm only 24 years old. I want to have children one day. I want to be married at the time I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but that the words, our words have so much power, regardless of what you're facing. I think that's my biggest takeaway is that your words have power. Now, it got hard not eating dairy or no meat like that was really difficult especially sweets like I love a good lemon pepper chicken wing mm-hmm. eating sweets is like my thing to do and then dairy I like ice cream like ice cream is my weakness but I've learned to replace all those things so for ice cream minus sweets I haven't fully repl- learned how to replace those but for ice cream I'll do coconut ice cream mm-hmm. and so it's you can still find some really good coconut based ice cream For me, I started learning like different ways that you can go without meat. So sometimes even now today, I still go like two or three days a week and I don't really eat that much meat and I'll use walnuts. I'll marinate the walnuts, not marinate, but I season them up. I soak them. You can use eggplant. You can use mushrooms. Like there's so many ways that you can find replacements for meals that you really like and enjoy. Um, And I think that was helpful, but I think the hardest part was just realizing like, I don't know, someone telling you, you might have ovarian cancer. Like, ah, that was just the hardest thing to be told. Like, hey, you're one step away from having ovarian cancer. Why, thanks. As you mentioned, um, our tongue is so powerful. Our thoughts, before it even reach our tongue, so, so powerful. I used to, um, I guess, I had a lot of trap trauma and frustration because I didn't talk about me and so it was trapped in my body and so around the age of 19 I too had some issues <laughs> like the doctor was like we don't know why this is happening to you and then all of a sudden it's gone mm. so I had to start I had to really work on anxiety um, work on what I was saying and thinking regardless to my surroundings um, and my fear of moving forward or launching into this thing or and, and leaving some situations behind, like they're always going to be a part of your memory, but not allowing them to determine how you move forward. And that's what you've done, my dear. Well, thank you so much. Um, I guess one thing I would add is, and we had kind of talked about a little bit when we met, was this was the alopecia that I had and that was actually another traumatic time um I literally was having like little bald spots in my head and one became like over an inch wide or diameter of an inch within the course of three weeks and had to get shots in my scalp and I think that was what we probably had talked about when we met yes but that one it challenged me again because I'm like I've already, sister boy already told me your mindset once again. Hey, you losing your hair? You know, for a woman, especially yeah. a black woman, our hair means a lot. Like, yes, keep 
my my hair means a lot to me and it's not that I'm vain about my hair or anything like that it's just that's a part of me like that's my signature it's my hair so losing that and having to get those injections in my scalp which were beyond painful um also just challenge your mind challenge my mindset to just figure out what am I going to believe Am I going to believe that this is going to go away or am I not? Am I going to trust that this treatment is going to work or am I not? Am I going to sit up here and cry or am I not? And like you said, with anxiety, I have, I think a lot of people deal with anxiety, but don't realize it. It wasn't until COVID actually, I realized I had an issue with anxiety and this is still me working on my mindset, all this other stuff, but I don't really talk like this conversation right here. I don't know how many people know about the system of my ovaries like I don't obviously the whole world know at this point <laughs> but before this I don't know I didn't really talk about it because it's a challenge just like people don't want to hear your sad story but that sad story is actually a triumph story because you came through it and you learned something from it I like the way you phrase that we don't want our social feeds to be all of the sadness. You know, every time somebody posts is sad, but it is a part of their journey. And like you opening mm-hmm. up today and sharing a part of your journey, it is going to help someone else. And there's a time and a place for it. You know, who mm-hmm. walks around saying, yeah, girl, so I had my gallbladder removed. I have alopecia. <laughs> you know, I share a little bit more about me with each episode because something that my guests say during their story time, um, I can usually connect with either personally or, you know, maybe somebody in my family or Mm -hmm. maybe another guest and, you know, I try to connect you all, but that's the power of having a meaningful conversation. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, below the surface area conversation. We are just sharing a part of ourselves and that's what we're supposed to do to help someone else. Every trial and tribulation and even success that we experience is meant to help somebody else. Oh, how and why did you decide to focus on millennials? For my business, I decided to focus on millennials because of the fact, one, I'm a millennial, Two, I feel like we've gone through a lot. Like 2008, I was graduating high school 2008. So obviously I'm saying like my age and everything. But 2006 through eight, first off, we went through that. We lived through it, um, which is why I also work with other generations too. But that was a turning point. COVID was a turning point. And it's just like, okay, what else y'all want to throw at us? Like we could, we're going to figure out a way to handle it. But I think because of that, um, a lot of people don't really trust one we don't know about. Uh, getting our money together but then too we're just like all these things happen like what if money goes away I remember when I was in high school um, during 2006 my mom lost her job and I think me seeing that I've always had this this money fear this money anxiety like I've had it and the reason why is because when she lost her job I was just like dang my mom's an engineer like in my opinion my mom's one of the smartest women I know And if she can lose this job and go through this, like, what about me? Like, I'm not an engineer. She, if this happened to her, it can happen to anybody. 
And so I think that's why um, I decided to focus on millennials. Plus, I just feel like we've gone through so much. <laughs> you push through with a positive mindset and a strong support system. There are so many other young women who they don't have that support system. Mm -hmm. What else can you share with them to help them along their journey? I would say the first thing, which is this is going to be 500 times easier said than done, probably a thousand times, is number one, creating a journal for yourself and just writing down how you feel. So I feel like this can go with so many different medical, financial, whatever it is, having a journal and really expressing your emotions. And then me, I don't really trust people like that. So I say just like get rid of things and writing. <laughs> so get rid of the journal after a while. But it's good to write down where you are if you have no support system. Then also find support. So with social media now, there is no excuse for just about anything. Any information we want is out there. Like you can literally go to YouTube and probably look up how to make a car. I don't know. I just made up the most random thing I could think of. But we can find so many things available. There's so many groups available. There's so many different um there's so many groups available there's even a group it's called meetup um it's a it's called meetup it's an app it's called meetup and when I moved to so when I moved to Pensacola it, right after I graduated college I moved to Pensacola I didn't know a soul I moved to Jacksonville for a job I knew my manager and that was it and I'm not gonna hang out with my manager on the weekend I knew nobody um, I am in a sorority, so my sorority, I end up meeting people, but I had moved at a time, like, I was trying to figure out things. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to, how involved I want to be with, like, a lot of things going on. Like, I just need to focus right now. So I reached out to my sorority, um, found a chapter, and then I also went to Meetup app, and I found people who want to do things that I do. So know your outlet. So for me, I learned yoga, and yoga for me was an outlet to become closer with God, number one. And it was also an outlet to just stretch and move my body. You don't burn many calories, but it's just a good relaxation, meditative. And then for me, it was a spiritual connection with God. Um, and so I found groups that were in like different yoga groups. And those yoga groups actually taught me trying to get involved with yoga groups. I met other people and I connected with the young lady. Oddly, we lost, lost touch. But me connecting with this young lady who I um, had met during yoga, that had actually helped me have a support system in Jacksonville. And this is not related to my health. This is just a support system, period. Um, but that just helped me like have somebody I could contact periodically. I think COVID happened. I don't know why we lost touch. I need to call her. But anyway, lost touch with the young lady. But it just helped me have a support system. So find different groups. If you want to find a group for people who are going through what you're going through, that's fine. If you want to find a group for people who do things that you enjoy, find an activity, find a hobby that's really important, and then journal and allow your spiritual connection to grow. If you're not spiritual, then get involved with other activities. Like, I don't know, so many, in my opinion, there's so many ways to find a support system. And this world has a lot of evil, but at the same time, it has a lot of good. Like I've met so many people, like even like the Plutus group, I got to meet you. You can meet so many people that really genuinely want to help and they're not, they don't have a selfish motive behind it. Now there's a lot of people with the opposite, 
but people are people. You can find good people everywhere. Yes. And people who want to grow and learn with you and yes. even through our, our trials, those seasons in life. Um, I like the yoga because stretching is, it helps with our cells, our cell regeneration and just helps our blood flow. So mm. everything that you said, even if you aren't a yoga queen or king, um, but you are stretching, stretching is so good and walking is so so good um it just clears your mind too it's a healthy distraction yeah. so i love all of those examples that you mentioned because you know we do need connection i'm an introvert but this helps me remain connected until i can actually be in the place you couldn't tell mm -hmm. when we met though because i'm talking to everybody yes <laughs> yeah i show up when i show up i am fully fully present but if we don't make time, even outside of our health challenges mm -hmm. or outside of those really stressful periods in our lives, if we don't know who we are and what we enjoy, we lose ourselves. Yes. That can send us mentally down a, a hole that ooh, some people don't come back from. It mm -hmm. really damages the, not only their mind, but their brains and their bodies physically. So that mind, health, mind, physical connection is, is real. Yes. I'm a witness and I had no one to tell me until I went through it. So I am big on sharing, you know, hey, keep your mind right. Make sure that you're listening to your body. If, if you're feeling something, don't allow a health professional, a family member, or even your own mind to get in the way of going and getting it checked out. Write down notes as soon as you start experiencing these symptoms or this differentness, something doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Write it down because our health professionals can only go as deep as we give them yeah. And they're they not psychic. Run. Yeah, they won't know to run the ultrasound or the what do you call it mri you know we there are triggers there's words that help them as well and then our words as you mentioned before there's power in our words when we tell our story in just the right time it is going to bless someone else tremendously even if they're in that moment or if it's coming down the line you know it's just filling your toolkit so and I, when you said like not telling health professionals everything, I think of, I know for a fact doctors have asked me, hey, are you depressed? Do you have anxiety? And I'm just like, no. And there's times I've been depressed. Like I talk about times I've been depressed, especially like when I was going through like financial problems, like every times I was depressed, mm -hmm. but I never really admitted it. And I remember there was a family member who I, whose name I don't want to reveal, but a family member told me, don't tell your doctor everything. Um, and don't tell them like necessarily the bad family history because they'll start testing you for all these things. And the reason why that was said, it was it was a reason behind it. And I was like, why not? And I started doing research that family members now deceased, but I did research and I, I finally learned about Henrietta Locks. Mm -hmm. Henrietta Locks was not the only person who went through all this testing. And the reason why that family member told me that and the, the family members now to see, so I couldn't actually go back and ask is I thought about it. I'm like, why would you not want me to tell this stuff? But I think the reason I was being shielded from saying these things 
one, I think mental health is a big stigma in the black community. That's number one. But number two, for our physical side, I think it was not, it was said not to say anything because it can cause for the person that had told me this, like they were alive, they weren't alive during that time, but right afterwards and their family probably told them about all this testing because Henrietta Locks was not the only person that was being tested on. And if people listening don't know Henrietta Locks, basically her cells are still being used even to this day. Like she was treated for things that she didn't even be treated for. But all these tests were ran. She was basically like a human experiment, science experiment. And so because I think that family member told me that, so I would not ever become a human science experience experiment Mm -hmm. so I think having the right doctors the doctors that actually truly want to do the right thing and not just Mm -hmm. trying to experiment on you because I've also been told like when doctors say they're practicing medicine they're literally practicing medicine like practicing medicine they are it's it's a guessing game right but if we don't tell them they're going to practice more so having the right doctor I do reviews on my doctor like professors when I was in college I'll go to ratemyprofessor.com look at it some I'd have to filter out the bad but I look at my professors look at their ratings that they have talk to your doctors as well like have a conversation is this a person I want to work with um and so I think that brings in a whole nother conversation of like healthcare, the accessibility of it which is that's a whole nother rabbit hole yes 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 but I don't know when you said that, like making sure you write these things down, that's so important because doctors only know so much, but then some people have these, these thoughts of the past, which happen. So they are right for every thought that they have um, of the past to just figure out, like, is this doctor really looking in my best interest or their best interest to learn more about medicine? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's a, it's a balancing act, I think. Yes, it is. And as you mentioned before, we have access to so much more information. One of my uh, filters is if someone wants to put me on medicine. If you want to put me on medicine right away and you are not asking me what what have I eaten, um, what my diet is, um, how active I am, if you're not asking me how I sleep, you're not asking me about... Um, my work, what kind of work mm. I live with. And I've learned that those questions are meaningful to their practice, but it's also an opportunity for a patient like myself to think about what could have been a trigger. You know, I may be experiencing something and it lasts for a while, but it was one significant habit that I can eliminate right away. Mm. Um, but that came over time. I think that should be a checklist. And that's how I rate my my uh, health care providers now. That's I like how I that. Them. That's how I move away from them. Like when it's time to renew my insurance, if I want to, you know, move on to someone else, I make sure that the person or my preferred providers are in network. <laughs> um, but that comes with practice. Your family member was right in being alert but we can't be afraid anymore because it takes someone to who is confident and have a little bit of knowledge and aware of themselves to hold those um, providers accountable yes absolutely to go in there and challenge them and not be afraid you know Um, especially if your sales your situation can save somebody else's life now, I'm not saying put yourself in danger either, but please know that every time somebody takes your blood, 
if they find anything slightly different, they're not just totally discarding it. It's a part of research. Mm-hmm. How do you think they, they're constantly coming up with these vaccinations? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are fearful of the unknown, that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. But we, if we make an informed decision about ourselves and the greater good um, and, and it's not hurting us, then I think we can move forward. Very similar to your story. I don't want to experience this anymore. <laughs> I want to help somebody else with my health journey, with my yeah. financial journey, um, so that they can move forward. That is true. Oh, this has been a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are you doing currently? What's one of the habits that you're adapting to uh, adapting to live better? What are you doing to relax, make sure you're healthy, you're running a business, you're a wife? How is Adrian staying Adrian, making sure she's on Adrian. I actually purchased something that was not in my spending plan. I know we talk about that, like, hey, make sure you have a spending plan. Um, But it was something unplanned for, but I had money aside. It was like $42, so it wasn't like a major expense. But I purchased a foot bath. So what I used to do, (laughs) I see your face. What I used to do in Pensacola, um, ironically I used to do this during that time I was going through the stuff with ovarian I didn't realize that but until you just said that I literally just ordered this last week but I ordered a foot bath and the purpose of the foot bath I travel very frequently all over the U.S. so because of that I got home one day I was like man my feet just hurt and so I asked my husband to rub them and he rubbed them like man ain't enough like he normally he's like big strong guy do it but I was like nah I don't want to do that so I used to do this thing in Pensacola I would get a foot bath don't know if it's really healthy or not but I got a foot bath soak and I would put in salt water listerine well I would add an epsom salt listerine and warm water and I would soak my feet they'll put me to sleep that's all I did I didn't rub them nothing I'll just put it in there let it soak and fell asleep so I bought a foot soak it just came in two days ago but I got in this morning from LA so I'm going to actually be using that tonight um no I'm gonna do it this afternoon that's what I'm gonna do but I'm and take a nap but I'm going to be using that but that was a way I used to relax and I got rid of the foot bath and I'm a little bit of a frugal person so I never repurchased I'm like I'm not paying $40 again for this blah 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 so I just repurchased that to be able to show myself some self-love the other thing I do, which is actually a treat for me when I'm home, because I'm not home that often, is actually cooking. So my way to unwind is to chop vegetables that I have to end up cooking. That's the reason why I cook, because I like chopping like vegetables. So that is just one mindless thing that I can do that is so relaxing and soothing for me is chopping vegetables. So I usually make a stir fry or something because because I have these chopped vegetables. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with them now. But that's two ways that I show myself love and care even though they're very small to me they're very meaningful and it's just time for me to relax and get my hair done yes I saw your Instagram video with your stylist (laughs) connected it to business you're right we have to take care of ourselves we have to present ourselves a certain way yeah or put on a scarf like I had on when you met me. Your scarf was cute. I mean, do you have a video of like how you tied it? That was so cute. No, it depends on how it lays that day. I need to learn how to tie it differently, but thank you. 
Oh, and it's I love so it. long that I had to twist it and pull it up. And, you mm -hmm. know, when you're driving, it's hitting your headrest or, oh. you know, if you have a taller chair. So, you know, I don't know if I had it off to the side or half open, but it, it was, was like, it was right here and it was like in a ball. It was yes. so cute. Thank you. No, just twist and wrap it around. <laughs> That's all I did. It was so Very cute. similar to how you would wrap your hair, but only you have uh, two pieces of fabric in your hair. Hmm. I see a video, I'll send it to you. Thank you. But no, I just grab and go. Um, so I love that. So what do you do? So you're leading boldly by sharing your story even more in your business. You created this amazing journal. Thank you, journal planner. Um, that is that's pretty cool. Like we all need additional um, lines of business, line items, opportunities, ways to share ourselves and to help educate or guide people along the way. And that planner, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to purchase. Which which color do I want? That's pretty, that's pretty cool. I see it sitting behind you. Um, what what have you had to unlearn aside from the using your words more powerfully imposter syndrome that is the one thing i had to unlearn and i think that's actually why i don't probably share as much as i should it's like who am i having i think imposter syndrome mm -hmm. when you said that that's immediately that came to mind uh starting a business i was like I don't know if I know how to run a business. Who am I to say that I'm a personal finance guru? Who am I to say this, that, or the other? And I'm like, and then I realized, just like when I was getting myself out of debt, who am I not to? Who am I not to say I'm a personal finance expert? Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. Granted, 10 years for some people, like, I've been doing this for 30, whatever. 10 years for me is a third of my lifetime. <laughs> so I've been doing this for, uh, no, it's not. It's close to a third. Yeah, it is a third of my lifetime. But I've been doing this for ten, a third of my lifetime. Um, who am I not to say that? Who am I not to realize? Maybe I don't know how to run a business, but I can learn. And so I've been taking classes, learning how to run a business, learning how to hire, like the proper way to hire people. Who am I not to create a planner? Who am I not to be able to be healthy? Who am I not for anything that I think about? I'm just like, who am I not for that? Now, if it's like, I'm not really into big designer brand names, things of that sort, but if there's a purse that I want, let's just say a, what's a, I always get coach purses. I don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> I carry cute bags. Oh, I know something. So there's some shoes that Balenciaga shoes. And someone's listening to that. They're like, you didn't know about Balenciaga. I had no idea. But this girl, lady had on, on a flight. She was uh, sitting right next to me. She had on some cute shoes. I was like, oh, those are really cute. She was like, yeah, they're Balenciagas. I was like, okay. And I looked them up and those shoes were close to a thousand dollars. Like, I'm not, what, you're paying that for shoes. And I was like, whatever, no judgment, do your thing. I'm like, okay, I won't be getting that. But I see why she said Balenciagas. Um, but if that's something <laughs> you want, who are you not to have that? Now, a question you have to ask yourself, who are you not to have that, is who are you to have that and what are you going to have to give up to get that? Yeah. So I think that's something else we have to think about is if I, if I, who am I not to be a business owner, but what do I have to give up to be a business owner? And if that means giving up some of my time, what am I going to do on the back end so that I am able to still be the person I want to be so I can still be Adrian and I can still be all these other roles that I want to have. Um, but Balenciaga shoes. I, I think about when she said that. But who am I? If I those if I wanted those shoes, 
who am I not to have those shoes? I can get them, but what am I going to give up in return spending close to a thousand dollars on a pair of shoes? I just, if it works for you, it works, Mm -hmm. but I'd rather invest that thousand dollars somewhere else in the stock market or something. Mm -hmm. But I just think for anything in life, just always remember who am I not to have this? I think that's, that's helped me with my imposter syndrome with things. What's one strategy or bit of advice you would give to a millennial who maybe they are living paycheck to paycheck to consider investing, to consider even researching investment opportunities? Where where could they start to develop a mindset to uh, invest when they do have money to invest? Oh, yeah. I promise you, I'm not at all trying to promote this. Mm -hmm. Our last podcast episode, um, the Wealth Saver podcast, we literally talked about this exact question. I'm glad you said that. You know what? I did see that pop up. I started following you all. Yes. Oh, thank you. And congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. But when you said, I'm like, oh, this, and this literally just came out yesterday. So that's why I was like, that's perfect. We just talked about this yesterday. But um, we talked about like one creating a journal, but if you're trying to figure out like about investing, I say, and we didn't say this on the episode, but mentally we talked about like all, literally talked about that exact thing. Um, But mentally, if you want to start investing, the first thing I say to look at, I start with my favorite quote, those who understand interest earn it, those who don't pay it. If you understand that quote or even think about understanding it, you probably want to be the person that earns it. Even if you don't know what interest is, just hearing that quote, you're probably like, oh, I want to be the person that earns it, not the person who does it. And from there, look up the power of compound interest. If you can look up compound interest and do compound interest over 30 years, someone starting in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, and their 50s, that person starting in their 20s or 30s, by doing it consistently with less money, will have more money than the person who starts in their 50s. Now, a person in their 50s can still start, but that person in their 50s, when they start, they're gonna have to invest a lot more because they have less time. So even if it's just $50 a month, which is $25 twice every month, you can't even go out to eat, you only barely can go out to eat for $25. Just doing that and looking at an index fund. Um, I'm not going to recommend any index funds, but just looking Thank at you. an index fund. <laughs> okay. You can like really take advantage of compound interest. But I say just look up, if anybody just looks up compound interest charts, literally Google, and I'm about to Google it too, but, but Google compound interest charts and you will see how little money you can invest starting out and how much money it'll make for you. If that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what will. But me seeing personal numbers is usually um, encouragement for a lot of people and start small. Like if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Start small, organize your finances so that you can be able to put that money aside. And then um, investor.gov is a great resource. They have compound um, interest charts as well that you can look at, I think they have a whole calculator for compound interest, mm-hmm. but investor.gov is a free website, for, obviously through the government that you can take a look at. Um, if you're just trying to get the idea or figure out, do I want to invest or do I want to keep living paycheck to paycheck? Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell a personal story? Yes. Okay. So a personal story for myself, I had got myself into debt and I talked, we talked about this on that episode, that podcast, but for me, 
I wanted to go home for Christmas. I lived in Pensacola by myself. And this ironically was the same year as his diagnosis. I didn't talk about that diagnosis at all, but it was the same year as that diagnosis. I wanted to go home for Christmas just because I was like, this is kind of like trying to be positive, trying to get my mindset right, but it's still a tough year. So I wanted to go home and I could not afford, a. it was like a two or $300 plane ticket. I could not afford it without putting it on a credit card to go into debt because I had no money for it. And even putting on a credit card, I still can't afford it because I don't have no money to pay for it. I was just gonna have to pay interest. So because of that, that just immediately made me realize like, I need to get my stuff together. I can't afford a plane ticket without going into debt for the holidays. What are you doing? Like get yourself together. And that's when I just started changing things. Even while getting out of debt, I still placed a little bit of money into investments so that that money can grow. The research you had to make a de- first of all you had to make a decision that I want to learn how to invest. I want to learn ways to make my money grow. And why wouldn't you start small? Why would you jump into something that's unknown? Thank you especially for bringing up compound interest. My background <laughs> is math and I love it. As you're looking at those tables, those charts, try to figure out the pattern. What's happening? Work backwards. Um, just in case they made a mistake. That's what I like to tell my students from or refresh my map. <laughs> just in case somebody made a mistake. And it's a way for you to start um, owning the, the numbers, owning the data that is uh, in your life, in your business, and that's presented to you. This has nothing to do with like my business at all. But investor.gov is also a great tool. Like if you're working with a financial advisor, that's a great tool to go and actually research if they like their credentials and more importantly if they have if they're actually allowed to be a financial advisor and if they have any lawsuits or any malpractice things against them so i really like investor.gov it's a great resource and it's free yeah yes (laughs) and you know what our tax dollars pay for a lot of this so why aren't we taking a it's when you talk about that it technically is not free because we pay for it absolutely that's right that's right like uh, i was watching a small biz sba workshop and Mm -hmm. one of the young ladies were saying that you know for whatever reason small business owners think that we're going to bring them in and then they'll have to pay on the end no tax dollars are paying for the resources that we provide and small business owners entrepreneurs just don't take advantage of it so i like Mm -hmm. the way she put that because yeah, we do pay a lot <laughs> for public schools, et cetera. And um, we need to hold them accountable. And you mentioned um, investor.gov. It reminds me of Better Business Bureau. Like, hmm. okay, are they, are they uh, eligible to practice? And then back to even our healthcare providers. Why aren't we looking these people up? <laughs> Why are we assuming that they're okay? Because there are a lot of people Unfortunately, during COVID, their um, licenses weren't able to be renewed because of the governmental system that it has to be funneled through. But we should be checking them out. I go, I Google them before I take them on. I don't care who referred it. So we should be doing that in life. We do that mm-hmm. for dating. We do that for um, a new product. If we're going to buy something online, we're Googling it. Why aren't we Googling our providers? Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fun, Adrian. Thank you for the opportunity.